Welcome to the As You Are podcast. Hey guys, it's Emily. We are currently in the season called Advent, the four Sundays leading up until Christmas. And so this is the second week and we are studying peace. So I want to dive deeper into Luke 1 with you today, the story of Elizabeth and of Mary. Peace. We all want it, right? We hate the feeling of being in conflict. We hate the feeling of things being unfinished. I think on some level, we're all craving peace, which is why it's so encouraging to hear that Jesus offers us that. But what exactly does that mean? And how exactly do we get there? Today, I want to dive in to Luke 1, and we're going to study the story of two women, and there are some guys in there too that we'll talk about, but I want to focus on these two women, Elizabeth and Mary, who we know are relatives, and they end up being pregnant at the same time, and I want to talk about their obedience, their waiting, and the peace that results Okay, let's dive into this story. I am going to sum up some of what's going on here and then read to you a few verses. But I highly encourage you to open your Bible to Luke 1 and read the whole story here. It's not super long, but it's too long for my short devotional. So we know that there is a man named Zechariah and a woman named Elizabeth. They are married and they're very old, it says. We know that Zechariah is a priest, and we know that Zechariah and Elizabeth truly did—I'm reading a verse here—truly did what God said was good. They did everything the Lord commanded and were without fault in keeping His law. That's Luke 1, verse 6. And so we know that Zechariah and Elizabeth were faithful, and we would have thought that God would have honored their faithfulness with their heart's desire, and their heart's desire was to have a child. But we also know that they were very old, it says that in verse 7, and they didn't have a child. So one day Zechariah was chosen to go burn incense at the temple, and while he's there, an angel, Gabriel, comes to him and tells him this crazy news that he finds to be unbelievable, and it's that his wife is going to have a child. So this is around verse 13, and some of the things that the angel says to him, he declares that God has sent him and heard his prayer, and he tells him, you're going to have a son, and you need to name him John. So this will be John the Baptist. It says, verse 14, he will bring you joy and gladness. Many people will be happy because of his birth. He will be a great man for the Lord. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will help many people of Israel return to the Lord their God. He will go before the Lord in spirit and power like Elijah. He will make peace between parents and their children, and he will bring those who are not obeying God back to the right way of thinking to make people ready for the coming of the Lord. And so Zechariah says, what? (laughs) We're old. And the angel is pretty mad that, He doesn't believe him. And so he strikes him mute and says, you will literally not be able to speak because of your disbelief until the day that this happens and this will surely happen. And it does. She gets pregnant. She is an old woman 
who is pregnant with John the Baptist, who will go on to be one of the most incredible men in history. He paved the way for Jesus. He did so many good things for the kingdom of God. And so I just want to pause and put ourselves in Elizabeth's shoes for a minute. We know that she literally thought that all of her people were ashamed of her because it says she was so excited. And in verse 25, she says, look at what the Lord has done for me. My people were ashamed of me, but now the Lord has taken away that shame. Could you imagine being faithful and obedient to God for your entire life, finding yourself old, very old, as it says, <laughs> and still not having the thing that you've prayed for every single year of your life, every single day of your life, maybe. I know that in her culture, it would have been very strange and shameful not to have children. And so it's probably the thing she wanted most in life. And up until this point, she had assumed that she wasn't ever going to have it. We know now, reading her story, that she was pivotal in God's ultimate plan. But that involved her not having her dream until much later in life and much differently than she had planned it. So I just want to offer a question. Could you still have peace in her situation? Could you still have peace and believe God is good if you had to wait? Now, I want to move on to the next story. These are actually connected, and they flow right into each other in this first chapter of Luke. So we find out that Elizabeth is actually related to Mary, who will be the mother of Jesus. During Elizabeth's sixth month of pregnancy, this is verse 26, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin. She was engaged to marry a man named Joseph from the family of David. Her name was Mary. The angel came to her and said, Greetings, the Lord has blessed you and is with you. But Mary was very startled by what the angel said and wondered what this greeting might mean. The angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. God has shown you his grace. Listen, you will become pregnant and give birth to a son that you will name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of King David, his ancestor. He will rule over his people forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary said to the angel, How will this happen since I am a virgin? The angel said to Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will cover you. For this reason, the baby will be holy and will be called the Son of God. Now Elizabeth, your relative, is also pregnant with the son, though she is very old. Everyone thought she couldn't have a baby, but she's been pregnant for six months. God can do anything. Mary said, I am the servant of the Lord. Let this happen to me as you say. And then the angel went away. Okay, now let's talk a little bit about Mary. She was very young. It says in multiple translations that she and Joseph were betrothed, which in their culture is very different than engagement in our culture because it would have been basically an arranged marriage. Joseph's family would have picked Mary for him before they were of marrying age, 
and it's like a binding contract. So they weren't married yet, and they were not allowed to be together. But in this culture, infidelity, so were she to become pregnant and he knew that that was not his baby, you know what I mean? Then he could turn her in and she would be punished by being stoned to death. That would have been culturally appropriate. So she's taking on a huge responsibility here in her obedience. I cannot imagine feeling this way. I can't imagine taking on that shame, knowing that people might not believe you, knowing that you could be even punished by death, knowing that it could change the course of your life, but having the faith to walk it out and wait and see what God was up to. So I have another question for you. Without knowing what's going to happen, but knowing what God wants you to do, could you have peace? Could you choose obedience? It's such a hard question, but I'm wondering if we can start to make room for this idea this Advent season. Peace, if that's what we want, equals obedience and trust. Let that sink in. Peace equals obedience. I don't think that we get that true peace without obeying God. I was talking to my husband, Michael, about peace, kind of preparing for this podcast, and he said something that really stood out to me and stopped me in my tracks. He said, what if peace is what we say we want but not what we really want. We're not willing to do what it takes to get there. And I said, what do you mean? And he was like, peace is stillness. Peace is not wanting more. It's being content with what you have. But what if we've just been so used to thinking that we need more, more in our career, more in our house, more, I don't know, drama, (laughs) whatever it is, what if we're not willing to do what it takes to obey God and receive his peace? Ooh, that gave me the scaries. I was like, oh my gosh, you're so right. That is really terrifyingly true. So I don't think that this is something we get figured out today, but What a good thing to meditate on as we walk into the Christmas season. This is the season where we say yes to too many commitments. And after it all, we just end up stressed out lying on the couch from the 26th to the 1st. So there's still time. What if we changed that this season? What if we said no to just one thing that allowed for some space? Maybe, just maybe, that space would create peace in your heart and the time that you need to lean in to your relationship with God. We can see through these two stories and plenty of other stories throughout Scripture that God has planned for us seasons of silence and waiting as well as seasons of answers and action 
So no matter what season you're in right now, it's part of the plan. And God loves us. He wants good for us. So hang in there, keep the faith, and don't forget that God has peace for you even in this season. Let's pray. God, we trust you and we believe that your plan is good. Would you show us how to obey? Would you make it really clear to us what you're asking us to do and give us the courage to obey? We do want your peace, and ultimately, we just want a life with you. Would you use this Advent season to make an impression on our hearts? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, that's all I have for you today. Thank you for tuning in with me midweek. Peace is probably the hardest and most important thing that we could focus on. So I'm glad we get to do it together. And don't forget to check back in on Sunday for our third week of Advent, which is joy.